The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Good morning. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. And uh, first up on the Get the Funk Out show, I have Walter Dominguez and his wife, executive producer Shelley Morrison. They're joining me this morning to discuss their film, Weaving the Past. If you want more information, and you can see a link to the film, it's up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Going to tell you a little bit about it. It's already premiered actually Friday, August 15th. It runs through Thursday, August 21st. It has a one week exclusive engagement in Pasadena. And the executive producer, Shelley Morrison, sounds familiar. She's known for her role as Rosario on the long running sitcom Will and Grace. And they are here to discuss their documentary, Weaving the Past, Journey of Discovery. And as I mentioned, it's had a world premiere, but I'm really excited to chat with them about the film. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having us on your show. You know, I heard about this film on Facebook. It's amazing how powerful Facebook is. And yes, I was it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, it is. And I, I was so intrigued. I clicked on it. I looked and I decided to contact you and I'm so glad I did. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. My, I've lost my husband to the computer. <laughs> Bless his sweetheart. He's been working. I am so proud of him. That's wonderful. He is extraordinary, and uh, we just celebrated our wedding anniversary, 41 oh. years. Congratulations. Well, ho- honey, in Hollywood, that's 150. I know. <laughs> You're an anomaly. Oh, he's extraordinary. He really oh. is. He's, um, I've learned so much from him. That's wonderful. Okay, I have to ask, how did the two of you meet? Do you mind sharing? Oh, no, and that's fine. Okay. No, we, uh, Shelley and I both were in... Uh, this was in, in 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working on uh, a film together. Uh, she came into the cat to the office to meet the director. He wanted her for the lead, and I happened to be there. I was an assistant director, and I happened to be there uh, waiting for her to show so I could ex- escort her to the director's office. And uh, she walked in the door, and I fell in love, and that was it. Oh, I mean, that truly scary. was it. It was love at first sight. Oh. We met uh, the end of February. Um, we eloped in August to Reno, and then we went camping to Yosemite. That's fantastic. I love it. What a story. <laughs> now, is this the first time the two of you have worked together on a film? Yes. Uh, well, we've done a, a few shorts. Yeah. Yeah, this is our first feature, though. And yeah. uh, it was a you know 13-year effort to uh, film it and then come to a satisfying completion mm-hmm. and then be able to begin really editing in earnest and uh and that took a couple of years of work we had hundreds of hours of footage and all kinds of wonderful interviews and and it was amazing what came forth taking this journey to try to uncover my grandfather's life and uh, in Mexico especially and um having lost all contact with family knowing no one down there uh, so it was really miraculous, but uh, getting through all this footage and then working through and trying to decide, okay, where is the you know the real storyline and where is what is it that's going to engage people and and uh, teach people without uh, you know uh, exhausting them. With it, it was like yes. what was so amazing is basically it's Walter and I. 
We have an incredible editor and cinematographer and people who have been with us for years, not earning very much money. But we couldn't ask a backer to wait 13 years. And so uh, working together so closely all those years only brought Walter and I closer together. And it's been not only the journey of the film itself, but now uh, trying to get a distributor and uh, a sales agent. The journey continues, and it's amazing. The people we're meeting and the kindnesses of people, it's, it's... that's the reward. Yes, yes. Because it could have worked the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been like, you know what, I, it's, this is mm-hmm. too much, this is too intense. But instead, you grew closer. Yes. That's wonderful. And another thing that's really an amazing journey is the response from the public to, uh, to our film. Uh, Tell it, me about that. Uh, it, you know, we, you just never know as a filmmaker uh, until it's out into the world how, how people are going to respond. We'd had preview screenings. The responses were fantastic. Some of the people, uh, many of the people at those screenings uh, were people we had never met before. We wanted to make sure we, we didn't just have friends and relatives uh, so that it wouldn't be uh, a prejudice uh, in the response. And, and they, the indications had been very, very good. So, But until it's really out into the world in, in a public way, in a public theater where people can come in and buy tickets and see the film, that it doesn't really hit you that this is real and that it's out there. And now people are interacting and there's such a a sense of humility about that i mean i was humbled when i peeked in the first screening that of of the day on the day on opening day mm-hmm. i peeked in and there were people sitting there people i didn't know uh, customers people who just came from and, and as a filmmaker that humbles you because yes. you realize wow people are watching people are paying attention they're taking it in and there, you you have a responsibility to have done your best to give them the best quality, the most you know accurate information from your heart, the purest thing that you can possibly do. Because people are paying attention and they're giving their time, right. their precious time. A couple of hours of a person's life is is very meaningful. So yes. that was one of the reasons why we didn't want outside backers, even though at times it was a struggle, was because uh, we wanted this film. Uh, to plant seeds. Yeah, I can see that. I can and see have that. connections. Mm-hmm. Connections. I love that word. We have young people who come to see it that they're not into their cell phones. They're, they're connecting. They're laughing. They're feeling. They're crying. They're learning. And they come to us afterwards. We don't know them. They come up to us and they say, we're going to go home and, and talk to our elders and record them. We want to know about their lives. <sighs> connections. Powerful. Powerful. You know, there's enough. We didn't want to add to the confusion of the world. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have something that people, men, women, all different ethnic backgrounds, um, they're coming to see a film that they can connect with, that that leaves them. They had a a full meal. Mm -hmm. They had a good meal. Great analogy, yes. It really is a history lesson. I found myself so fascinated in what was going on with Mexico and the United States, and you had these reenactment, re- reenactment scenes. Could you talk about that? Sure. Um, 
I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I feel one of the thing, one of the things I wanted to accomplish with the film, other than just really telling a good story where people could connect with the main characters and 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 uh, enjoy um, uh, kind of following my, the, the way the, the mystery of the things were unraveling, so that things came forth and information came forth and doing it in hopefully an engaging and entertaining way. But there's a deeper thing, and that is uh, in our society today we have this tremendous controversy going on over immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it is focused on Mexicans and Central Americans coming to this country, although there are a very high number of Asians and people uh, from other places that are also here without legal papers. Uh, but it's always focused on Mexicans, and that's been and the point of the film, because it depicts things a hundred years ago, is this is nothing new. It's an old pattern of focusing on on the, what was back then called the Mexican problem. And the truth is, is that we've had a very, very long interaction um, that has benefited both countries, and, um, and it continues today. So I wanted to give a historical perspective. I didn't want to take a side and say, you know, you need to believe that, you know, uh, the children from Guatemala, whatever, should stay or that uh, we need to, you know, we do or we don't need to change our, our immigration we didn't uh, system. I didn't want it to be a political statement that way, but a human right. statement. We didn't... With, with um, historical perspective. We didn't want the audience uh, uh, to feel... We wanted to give the film respect mm-hmm. and dignity and not do the stereotype that, you know, is pounded into our head. Right. There's a lot of respect and dignity. And uh, people, people feel enriched. Enriched. Now, it's not for everyone. I'll tell you, it's not for everyone. For someone who just wants to go and see a film where there's a lot of explosions, which is terrific. Oh, yeah, but that's not this. This is so meaningful. Thank you. It's so meaningful. Do you mind if I interrupt for a moment? No. What's interesting is that you you were trying to, to discover more about Tata, your grandfather, Emilio. Yeah. What were some of the surprises, or were there some su- surprises along the way? Oh, my. Oh, there were many. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Uh, of course, one of the first really big surprise is the fact that I, I find out that he was not just this wonderful, uh, kindly, gentle Methodist minister who uh, everybody loved and who did all these wonderful things, but he had also had a previous life before becoming a Methodist minister that had been extremely difficult, extremely challenging, very and many times very dark and and uh, the the situation in Mexico had where he came from was so horrific uh and so he became a revolutionary and this of course eventually involved uh, violence and killing because that's what happens in a revolution people take up arms sure. people die yes. there's just no there's no way around it and so this was a big because uh, I only knew him as an older man and he never really wanted to talk about his his early life and uh, the more I dug and found out from people and from research the more I realized why um, it was extremely painful for him um, even though what he was involved in was in my opinion very heroic uh, and well-intentioned and idealistic but uh, it was you know a really difficult time so I think that that's what I realized is like this man really really 
overcame and came through and transformed very, very uh, much. He was, there was much more to him than I had ever realized. He was a very um, bright man who, I know he was part of the Spanish American Institute. Yes. Yes, and that's a wonderful uh, little part of the story uh, that I wanted to weave into the film, because for those of us living here in California, especially Southern California, um, it's good to know that there was a very positive interaction 100 years ago with, uh, between Americans, a progressive, hot, you know, idealistic, good-hearted Americans and Mexicans together here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we know of all the stories where there was segregation, discrimination. It was very difficult for immigrants and, and so on. But this is a positive story, and I think it's a really good example of how today we can continue to work together to solve humanitarian problems together, and never mind our, our background and, and our ethnicity. And um, the Spanish-American Institute, just real quickly, was established as a, a boarding school uh, educational uh, center for Spanish-speaking youth who otherwise would not be able to get any kind of any education here in Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, through these kindly people, these great people, um, uh, was the first graduate of the Spanish-American Institute. It was in Gardena. They built a campus there. It was, it was really very lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the young men had the opportunity to go to school, learn English, and learn trades, but also learn uh, art and music and, um, uh, and just become, feel, feel that they were part of something where they had an opportunity to to expand their horizons and to feel good about themselves and to and to get out into the world and be able to contribute in a positive way and so it 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 produced that institute and only existed for 70 years but those 70 years were uh, it generated a lot of wonderful wonderful um, young men who went out into the world and did all kinds of different things that were very, very positive. And eventually it expanded from Spanish-speaking boys to uh, young men uh, from around the world. And so it was. It's, so it's a, it's a wonderful institution that existed here in Los Angeles. There was a an equivalent institution for young women. Oh, really? What was that? It was called Francis DePauw School for Women. It mm-hmm. was on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, uh, right at the corner, I think, of Western and, and, and Hollywood Boulevard. And um, and that also was a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, place for uh, young women of Hispanic background who would have no other opportunity to get schooling had a wonderful environment and they were nurtured they, you know it was it was great and then later like the Spanish American Institute it became internationalized in the 40s and the 50s uh, and uh, so Chinese and uh, people from all around the world, South Pacific Islanders, there there were many there, and and so it became this wonderful international place. Uh, my cousin, I had besides my grandfather who went to SAI, I had two uncles who went there. My uh, one of my cousins went to Francis de Paul. So they just it was a great it was a great um, example of how people working together across ethnic divisions or ethnic lines can come together and do something really, really positive. And so I wanted to include that in the film, and uh, the fact that it was crucial for my grandfather's life, you know, yes. gave me the opportunity to, to put that in there. It was interesting because you could see that it created such tremendous social and economic change, and 
these people were so impacted at a young age by being part of this institute. Yes, they really were. As a matter of fact, yesterday at the Q&A that Shelley and I uh, led after the 4 o'clock screening, we had, a, we had a packed house. It was just, it's been amazing, the turnout of people. It's, it's the interest level is just so high. And there was a gentleman there, an elderly gentleman, who stayed until the very end, and he was sitting in the front row. He had graduated from the Spanish American Institute. He's a man now in his late in his late seventies or early eighties, and he we 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 talked to him for a good half hour, and uh, just the how it transformed his life and the life of his classmates was it was brought me to tears. And I wanted to ask you because we, you mentioned earlier this was a was a thirteen year journey. Yes. Okay. So Shelley, were you both part you know equal partners as far as writing this whole you know film or how how did this all come about? It's Walter's baby. Walter's baby. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I executive produced. Mm-hmm. I was uh, for a good many of those years. I was working on Will and Grace. Right. And I would like to thank NBC and Willing Grace because Rosario helped to fund this film. That's the, I love that. I love your role in that show. It's a great show. Oh, it was the writing was fabulous. Uh, I've I've it. How can I explain this? Well, one of the things, if you don't mind me, just quickly interjecting, is that um, the role of executive producer is crucial because they're the ones who secure the funding for the film. And uh, as she said earlier, we we couldn't go to investors because it was a 13-year journey. You can't ask people to wait that long, especially we don't we don't have an outcome. We're not sure. Uh, so you know, she she was the backer, and also. Um, there were t- there came a point where uh, it was a real struggle to hone down the film because the first cut, what they call a, a rough cut, was four hours long, and of course we knew up front that that was just no one's going to sit through four hours. Yes. So uh, how can we get it down to two hours, which was what I felt would be the the, the minimum we could do, but and we couldn't go beyond that because uh, you know you we'd exhaust people. Mm-hmm. So um, Shelley was she is a, a person who's produced theaters productions. She's been a stage actress and studied all the classics and, and as well as years of working on television and film. So she really does know story structure. She knows uh, character development, um, and as not being immersed in all of the material that I was to the degree. She was able to look at the material and say, here is where the strongest moments are. Here is the storyline. This is where I think you should go next. And it was extremely helpful, especially towards the end when I had, you know, after working on this for such a long time, and you you get exhausted. Sure you do. Sure you do. You both really complimented one another. You know, we have a very wonderful working relationship, and um, I think we really discovered that through working on this project. I, I don't. I think until then we really didn't know that. We 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 knew we were great companions, mm-hmm. but we didn't know we could work together. And we weren't, we weren't in competition, which is great. Each other. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. And uh, he is. Years ago, I worked at MGM, and uh, I had the opportunity to see Vincente Minnelli, who was a brilliant director, who was very involved in detail, the costumes, the set, the props, everything. That's Walter. Everything was authentic. Everything was authentic. That's, again, why we didn't have backers. Right. Why we, 
it's our, it's our child. Yes, no, that makes a lot of sense. And also, was there ever a moment, year eight, year ten, where you said, "Gee, am I ever? Are we ever going to get through this?" Or was it oh, yeah. very possible? Ten times yeah. a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, there were there were many crises along the way. And, um, you know, well, life happens. Life happens, you know, uh, people getting sick, people yes. dying. Right. Uh, I went through uh, three cancer surgeries oh, during goodness. that time and doing Will and Grace at the same time. Uh, oh, Shelley, whoa. Yeah, I'm from the Bronx, honey. What can okay. I tell you? <laughs> I love cookie. a fellow New Yorker. I'm from New York, so. <laughs> oh, I'm tough. I love it. Um, but you're okay now? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I'm terrific. Oh, good. For an old broad, not bad. <laughs> I'm going to be 78. Oh, come on. In October. Really? And I'm 11 years older than Walter. Look I'm no dummy. Look at you. <laughs> but that's what it takes. You know, somebody tough, people that are driven, and you're not going to give up. I think that's what's one of the things I'm hoping and, and that I have got with the feedback Shelley and I have gotten about the film, from, especially from younger people, but mm-hmm. older people as well, and educators, is that what they love is they see that I persevered yes. throughout and kept going, you know, overcoming the obstacles, and, and in the end accomplished what I set out to do, or at least, you know, there was, there was an arc. I, 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 there was a, a completion. Mm-hmm. And this is inspirational to, um, to younger people, that they need to know that some, you just, sometimes you just have to stick with something, and it may take a long time to accomplish, but well, you will get there. We were blessed because everyone who has a handprint on this film, be it the editor, the cinematographer, the sound, everybody, it's been a family. And we've known a lot of these people for a number of years. And it. everyone, they felt such pride of being part of this. And every... You know, you don't have to have all the sturm und drang, you know, of, right. of, of you know, uh, this one's late and you can't. Everyone was wonderful. Committed. Very, sounds very committed to yes. the film, yeah. Yes. Uh. I think they tapped into the subject matter. They, 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 they related to it. And, it, and, it, and, you know, the thing about it is, is that all of us, whatever our background, unless we're Native American people, uh, we all come from immigrants. That's right. That's and right. so... And, and in that process of leaving our country, our, our ancestors leaving their homes, leaving their countries, there's a disconnection that happens. And in this film, I'm attempting to reconnect not only to my grandfather, but to a whole culture and a whole history that had been broken. And uh, the link had been broken. And I think everyone on some level, Americans especially, really can feel that inside of themselves and it's almost like a a dna that's handed down i mean even if your family's been here for many generations uh still somewhere back there was a break and um so there's a fascination and a pull among many many americans to really want to reconnect with their with their roots but janine i have to tell you something that's so extraordinary that um we have a lot of helpers on the other side all these wonderful spirit guides that have been, who have really been there for us. In the film, towards mm-hmm. the end of the film, the scene uh, with Victoria in the cemetery. Yes. Uh, it was Walter, the cinematographer, and mm-hmm. his cousins, and Victoria and her husband in the cemetery. That's all. There was nobody else around. Mm. 
and Victoria, uh, at one point, we couldn't put it in the film, but there was a, a story she told about uh, when uh, her child died. And when we came back and we, we our editor called us, uh, our production office is downstairs in our house. Uh, our editor called us and said, you have to listen to the soundtrack. And just as uh, Victoria was finishing the story about her child, okay. which is in the film now, on the soundtrack, you can hear women saying the rosary and a child crying. What? Really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ah. phenomenal. I, you know, Mexico, the, the whole world is a, a mysterious and magical place, really. I mean, anywhere you go. But there's something about Mexico that, is, uh, that somehow nurtures and uh, cares for spiritual energy and uh, there that little town Comanha where my grandfather came from which was one of the things I learned in the film and making the film was uh, full of these kinds of strange things and um, oh I have to tell her this story I haven't told this to anybody go ahead uh, the last trip that we took down there Walter's two cousins Miriam and Sarah came with us and we were going to these little towns and everything, and we got lost. And uh, it was going to be dark soon, and we were on back roads, and we Whoa. didn't even know where we were. And we kept stopping and asking people for directions. And they, we just, they were drunk or something or whatever, and then we pulled over, and this woman walked over to our car with another lady. Okay. And she was blind. And we asked, and, and I asked her for directions, and Walter said, she's blind. Right, I, how, how is she going to help? She gave us the most incredible directions. Down what? to, there's a bump in the road here, then it'll dip down there, and then at that point you'll know, and then to the right there'll be, and, you know, she, her her sense of, uh, her tactile sense, and the, yeah. all of her other senses were so highly developed that she gave us the most precise directions of all, and we got there, we got there, we got back to where our goal was before dark, which was a big relief because I had, you know, these three gorgeous ladies with me yes, in, the, of course. in the van and all this equipment, and, you know, we, we didn't know where we were. Right. It was getting dark. So, mm. yeah, so people, people down there are amazing, and uh, it has an amazing culture. Uh, the humblest people are the warmest and most welcoming, and, uh, and it's just and, and so full of wisdom and stories. Oh, so, you know, it was, it was a wonderful adventure. And then Teresita, in the beginning, Walter's grandmother, yes. uh, she had suffered a, a, a small stroke. And the scene with Teresita, which I, I adored this woman. I adored this woman. And just a few weeks after uh, Walter filmed her, uh, she passed. Oh. And so it's, this, the people stayed until they could tell their story be part of this. And then it was time. It was time. Yeah. Mm. And But this has been happening throughout. People that we meet, people that come up to us. Uh, it, it's, you know, we're not, we're not here alone. Right. And I think that's important to get out there. We're not here alone. And if, if we all contribute something, if we all plant seeds... And not be arrogant enough to think that we're going to do the whole ball of wax. We plant the seed, someone else comes and waters it, someone else comes and tends it. Mm -hmm. Well, what I felt was so moving is that anybody watching this film could then go out and they want to uncover their own history lesson. Yes. Exactly. 
Yes, mm-hmm. and and we we have a catchphrase or a, a, a motto in our advertising that says, um, "When was the last time you saw a film that changed your life?" Mm-hmm. And what we meant was, and what we're hoping is that people will do exactly that. They will take it, their own journeys, and by seeing this film, they'll be inspired to to take some kind of a journey of their own reconnection. And by doing that, they will change their lives. Oh, and I just quickly also want to ask you, tell me about cinematography, because it was fantastic. Oh, Billy Marchese. Thank you. We, we, had, a, we had two cinematographers. And Billy, uh, Billy uh, was with us the first couple of years, and then another fellow young man who also did editing came on board. So, uh, Maverick. Yeah, and they were, both, they were both immensely talented. Billy is a shot uh, a documentary on top of Mount Everest. I mean, this guy is mm. just amazing. Uh, and uh, he... No, he's also our spiritual son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he and his wife and their two children are our spiritual grandchildren. It's been a family affair. It really it. has. Um, it's... He... One of the things that Billy wanted to accomplish as a cinematographer and to work it because we're weaving the past, the present. Uh, he, uh, he and I talked about this. We decided that we wanted to weave the different textures of film, video, and, and uh, high def. And Super 8. Over oh. the course of the 13 years, the whole technology of filmmaking has changed. So we began with, uh, you know, DV, which was... Uh, uh, affordable at that time, 13 years ago, high definition was out of the question. Mm-hmm. And of course, now anybody can pick up a, a, a DV high, de- high definition little camera and get great images. Yes. But uh, we wanted to weave in Super 8 footage too, to, because it has this wonderful texture to it. And we shot it both in color and black and white. And then we would do extra things to give it more texture, like project the Super 8 from an old projector onto a screen and videotape off that screen. And so there were different things we did to, and we wanted to also use out of focus sometimes. Not everything has to be ultra sharp, because now, of course, everything is ultra sharp due to the high definition format. But there is something about softness that um, gives you a feeling of the past and of memory. So we wanted to weave some of that in there. And um, so we, we really tried to let the visuals also tell the story. We took a lot of care in, in uh, and we were learning, especially me with my old brain, learning all of a sudden all these new technical terms. And as you're learning all these new technical terms, as you're learning them, they're changing it. That's right. I know. And you can't and, feel like you can't keep up. <laughs> asking me, you know, like, Shelley, are you going to act anymore? Or, you know, this has been so wonderfully creative for me. And the material that they they send me is, is you know, I did the best material ever in Will and Grace. Sure, yes. And uh, to tell you the truth, I don't want to have to pluck or shave anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is obviously, as you're saying, changed you. Well, absolutely. Oh, you know? my God, it was a transformative experience. And the transformation continues. I mean, just this week alone, well, the last couple of weeks, the social media has just exploded with um, uh, young people, especially of uh, Latino origin, but of of many ethnicities, which which I'm delighted that, you know, it's connecting in a universal way. But there's been like a wildfire of social media, you know, I got to see this, when is it happening, mm-hmm. when, you know, where is it, and, and so on. And that has really been really transformed because I felt in my heart that this was an important time 
a, a good time, an important time to bring the film out. It just happened to, to work out that way. But I felt like this is a really important to bring it out at this time uh, that because the issues and topics are really of the, in the moment timeless. as well as being timeless. Yes. And, um, There's a huge market out there. There's a huge market that's hungry. They're hungry for something that they come out and they feel oh, that was worth two hours of my life. That's right. They want meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And there is there is not a whole lot of it um, out there. In um, I mean, there are some excellent, of course, excellent features and excellent documentaries, of course. But this one, I I think you know it it can can reach people. In an engaging and entertaining way that that a really good narrative feature can do, but at the same time give you the the, the facts and the information and the history that a good documentary can bring. So you know, uh, I, I believe we pulled it off because of the audience response has been so overwhelmingly wonderful, and and I'm sure there's some people out there who maybe uh, you know it's too much information to take in all at once, but that's okay. Sometimes. Stuff will sit with you, and then later you'll think about it, and then something will fall into place, and you know, and and that's that's part of it too. You know, you don't have to please everybody uh, immediately. Well, it's your baby, so you decided when you were done. You weren't an, under anybody else's timeline except your own, and yeah. you decided, you know what, we want to put this in and that in, and we, you know, and you really created this meaningful piece that you weren't in a rush. Yeah. No, and we, we're hoping that we, we can make enough money back. We're not going to make back all the money we put into this. Hopefully, maybe, who knows, mm-hmm. then I can get a new microwave. <laughs> uh, but uh, besides that, um, I lost my train of thought. I was going to well, say... Well, you know, it just... Uh, there's a privilege to this. We were very blessed and fortunate. Oh, I know what I was... So many filmmakers are under the gun all the time. If we get enough money back, we're going to finish our second documentary. Oh, good. And what is that about? It's based on the book called Whitewashed Adobe by William Deverall, and it's the creation of Los Angeles from 1850 to 1950. And we have uh, about 20 interviews now on film with these incredible elders, all different backgrounds, Shumash, uh, Asian, African-American, the whole, the whole gamut. Uh, the Autry Museum heard about this uh, through Bill Deverall, and uh, we had an, an hour of cut footage, and uh, he asked us to present it at the Autry Museum several months back, and the response has just been remarkable. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, uh, we have to get this mounted and get this so take a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a vacation. I can't remember when, but uh, the rewards every day, uh, the responses, uh, the tremendous. people were me. Kindness. Mm-hmm. The kindness of people. That's so I, refreshing. It's it's wonderful and very heartening. It really is heartening. As you see at the beginning of the film, I'm in a very very disheartened place. I saw that. I noticed that. Yeah, and and so the completion of the whole journey and the and the journey for me personally, of course, is continuing at this moment right now, and um, and and so it's so heartening, and so I you know I'm I'm hoping that the film also teaches that by engaging on a journey like this of your own, whatever it is, writing your book, uh, making a movie, taking a trip, 
sitting down and interviewing your, your grandfather or your uncle or your aunt, something. Whatever it is you seek, seek to do, it will be rewarding. And live your life in the moment. Right. Uh, in right. the beginning of the film, Walter had had, as part of his, his uh, difficult, what was going on with him, he had mentioned about my uh, having all the cancer surgeries. Mm-hmm. And I said, take that out. Oh. Take that out, because then you're going to have to keep referring back to it. Oh, yes. Right. Take that out. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing that Walter and I have worked so well together is that we continually learn from one another. Mm-hmm. We learn from one another. You do. I mean, really, I said at the beginning, you really compliment one another. We're blessed. You know, I just, you know, every day I wake up and I give thanks and i and i give thanks because we all of us are really you know i know everyone struggles with different things but gosh nobody's bombing us right we're we're, we're living you know most of us don't worry about our next meal we're we're going to eat we, we turn on the tap and it's clean water and i love our bed <laughs> having a having, having a, bed. A, a comfortable bed in and in, in a safe environment. That's right. These basic things, and now in light of all of this horror that's going on in different parts of the world, and the, this war that just goes these wars that go on forever, it just makes you know it makes it drives home that we need to be grateful for today, for this moment, for each other, and and can count our blessings. Yes, I'm up at four o'clock every morning. Why? And I go out on the deck. Okay. At first, I say all the thank yous, and then I pray for everybody, call it prayer, calling, you know, conversation with the spirits, mm-hmm. God, Buddha, Jesus, uh, the collective consciousness, and then I just sit quietly and let them talk to me. I know this is like not, ooh. No, it's, I'm listening. It's interesting. And you just sit quietly, and you just center yourself for the day. Mm-hmm. You just center yourself, you know, like what, what needs to be done today. Okay, I have to defrost this because I'm still cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to do a load of laundry. Okay, Walter, we have to get this in this afternoon. Wait a minute, excuse me, is he up at 4 o'clock too? No, I let him sleep till 5. Oh, that's good. That's so nice of you. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's important to pause every day at some moment, even if it's just for a minute, Take in some air and the sun or something, and mm-hmm. just and just take in the fact that you know we're still here. Everybody's got their issues and problems. Some people have some very serious issues and burdens and right. bad health and and you know crises and everything. But you have to remember to say thank you. So at yeah. the end of the day, before I go to bed, I go out on the deck and I say the thank yous. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing Willing Grace, uh, the crew, the crew was my heart. Oh. And uh, my nickname was Mama Shelley, because if I saw a crew member that looked tired, I'd say, here's the key to my dressing room, go lie down. Oh, so nice. And uh, some, they would come to me to ask me to pray for a family member or a friend, or, and I would, I would pray for them. And then they would come a few weeks later and say, oh, everything's fine. And I would take them outside the soundstage, and I said, okay, now say thank you. Oh, that's really moving. Um, I have, a, I have a, a mantra that I use every morning at the end of my prayers. Uh, please that? come into the hearts and minds of every human being and bring compassion, reason, and awareness to end the wars, the suffering, the greed, the hunger, and let it be, and heal the planet, and let it begin with me. 
I love that. Where did you learn that? Or did you make that up? In my head. In your head, okay. You know, a girl from the Bronx comes out with a few good ones now and then. I like it. <laughs> my grandfather, this is a thing about my grandfather, that at Fundamental is the reason why I made this film, other than wanting to uh, redeem myself for not having been there for him at his moment of death. But uh, is that he was a fundamentally grateful man, always giving thanks, always giving thanks, and always so positive and 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 his his belief that good would come uh, was so powerful that I think that that is something that I'm hoping will come through in the film and and inspire people on a deeper level to also feel more encouraged. And and I don't want everyone who's listening out there to not think that sometimes it's been really hard. It's really been difficult. And uh, Walter and I found... Uh, a wonderful solution to that, and it's humor. Oh, yes. It's that's humor. Sure. When people lose their sense of humor, they're in trouble. And that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure was in Weaving the Past Journey of Discovery was humor here and there because it is. there's a lot of intense material. There's a lot of... But when, with humor um, and the, the scene with my step-grandmother, Teresita, uh, in the first 15 minutes of the film in that scene, uh, it's just, there's always, people just laugh and they just enjoy that so much because she had such a wonderful sense of humor, and mm-hmm. so did my grandfather. And uh, I think that's what they loved about each other, and mm-hmm. uh, they would just laugh. She had wit. She was really a sharp lady. And um, so I'm just pleased that it worked out that we could use, that scene happened, yes. and we could include it and weave it into the film. And, and also even Doña Victoria, the lady in the cemetery, who mm-hmm. uh, is so poignant and touching, uh, there's a moment there where she, she made us laugh, too, at the same time. There were things that she said that were very funny, and so in other people. So humor is, uh, you know, essential. It really is. I actually try to teach my kids, you know, have a, find the humor in things on a daily basis because life can get too serious. Yes. One other point I'd like to make, especially to... Uh, People in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, people say to me, what are you going to do in your, your third act, Shelley? Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Dustin Hoffman saying something so incredible. He said, you realize that Shakespeare's plays had five acts. Ah. <laughs> so you can have five? As long as I'm doing something positive and not taking up real estate, I'm here. Good. That's the attitude. Let me ask you both, because I know the film premiered August 15th, and it's running through the 21st. Where else can people see it? Well, at this time, there's only one venue. Uh, uh, With such a huge response we've gotten, uh, now I kind of wish that we had uh, uh, had two two venues, maybe one down in Orange County or in in another part of Los Angeles. But uh, uh, we had people from Orange County come up to Pasadena, uh, it's at the Lemley Playhouse Seven in Pasadena on Colorado Boulevard. Uh, it's there, just just it's the only it's an exclusive engagement. So it's right now it's the only place where you can see it. But we're hoping though uh, to have a series of uh, screenings in different cities, and uh, also we've been invited by uh, universities and colleges to screen uh, for their students, and and so. Uh, 
So <laughs> we're we're hoping that we will take it on the road and show it. I hope and, so. And then in maybe six months or so, we'll have it available uh, as, as a DVD and video on demand. But okay. right now, we're focusing on on um, actual screenings uh, for people. We're playing until uh, Thursday, and uh, we may discuss with the owners of the theater. Uh, Greg Lemley has been wonderful to us. He's been a prince. Oh, nice. And um, we will see uh, possibly about extending it, maybe playing it uh, two days a week. We're running out of money. Promotion <laughs> and all that. It takes a yeah, lot to, to do. Uh, but... Uh, Here's the thing that's so wonderful about this particular location. It's a great destination for those out there who'd like to go out for an afternoon or evening and are are able to, you know, they're not uh, locked into their the weekday schedule and they're mm-hmm. able to be flexible. Uh, it's worth going out there because uh, the theater's beautiful. The setting is beautiful. Uh, there are wonderful restaurants and cafes and coffee houses all oh, right wow. a block restaurant across the street to die, and the owner has been so sweet to us. What's the restaurant? Pardon? What's the restaurant? El Portal. El Portal, okay. Mexican restaurant, and it's just charming, and um, uh, the food is delicious, and there's Italian right next door, and there's a, you know, there's all kinds of, of food around there. Okay, I'm hungry now. Thank Park, you. Yeah, I know. Parking is easy. <laughs> I'm going there's now. a city parking lot just a block north. Yeah. Uh, it's a great place to go and just have a, an outing. And, and, and at the same time, see a, a, a film that you can take home and sit with, and, and it's with you for a while. So I, I do, you know, or I, I do hope that the listeners out there will, will take advantage of the opportunity to go see it on the screen and hear it in 5.1 Surround. And it's really website, cool. weavingthepast.com, right. and you can get a schedule. Uh, the screenings uh, are during the day at 1. They're at 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. Okay. And uh, the Lemley also has its own website where you can get information. We also have a very, very um, uh, enriched Facebook site. So uh, for Facebook, it's Weaving the Past Journey of Discovery. You go there and you'll get the latest info. And I put your trailer and everything on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Oh, Janine. Thank you. Adopt you. <laughs> I'd love to meet you in person. We will. Yes. We'll have to do that. I would love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So just to reiterate, we've been talking with Walter Dominguez and his wife, executive producer, Shelley Morrison. If you've missed any part of this interview, we'll be up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Any last parting words you'd like to leave with us? Well, I just want to thank all the people who have come out, uh, and we had a huge turnout over the weekend. Um, and uh, it's, it's very gratifying to know that our film is reaching people. And 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 that it matters to them. And so I just want to thank everybody and those of you who are going to go see the film. I thank you in advance. And for all of you out there, live in the moment and take the journey. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will uh, send you a link in probably within the hour to this interview. Great. All right. Thanks so much. I look forward to meeting you. Likewise. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was Walter Dominguez and his wife, executive producer Shelley Morrison, joining me to discuss their film, Weaving the Past, Journey of Discovery. We're going to take a short break, and then there's going to be a show up next. I'll be back in just a moment. 